everybody. It's LOI Central with Dan and Johnny. Yeah, Dan is back in the house for episode 19 of season 7 of LOI Central. Um, yeah, we, we've we've no games to talk about today, but it doesn't feel like it's going to be a bad show. Paul Corey is in for the first time in some time. Uh, thanks to his brother Vinny for yet another food-related query um, in the mailbag. And it's going to be a busy mailbag. So we'll obviously have some Ireland chat. Can't really avoid it. Um, and the draws in Europe. Uh, Dan has a question uh, that kind of relates to Europe and the LOI performances in Europe. Europe. And let's be honest, the draws that we got um, for 2023 would have gotten uh, the four League of Ireland clubs pretty jiggy, it has to be said. We didn't have a mailbag winner last week, but we will this week. We we do have a quiz winner um, to give out to you as well. I answer, I actually asked, I put a quiz question forward without even knowing the answer myself. <laughs> that many entries. And you couldn't manage the mailbag. It was just like... A, couldn't was manage too, the mailbag. It was too much to ask. Um, and typically, Dan was... Um, was He gave qualified compliments about uh, the show last I tell week you, there was private. A good, Tim Clancy, and Luke, um, it, was a, it was a good interview. Um, I'd say Tim would have liked the questions, yeah. <laughs> I, I I see this. This is what happens when somebody gives you his first interview since like he left the job in acrimonious enough circumstances. You gotta you gotta be a journalist, but you also kind of gotta be diplomatic. We oh, are. So you have to be. Listen, that's it. In the last week, we've learned about a lot about the importance of objectivity in the uh, Ooh, in the Irish media. What do you get? I've learned. I've learned a lot myself as a rookie. What are you getting to there? I don't know. Uh, we are in association with uh, Future Ticketing. Um, we're back in action with games, obviously, this week. We're in association with uh, Rascals Brewery in Inchicore. We have uh, a winner to give away uh, shortly, and obviously we're in association with uh, Collar and Cuff. Um, I had to say, I, uh, yeah, I've been getting great old wear out of uh, my Collar and Cuff clobber, and I'll be calling in soon, Decky. What's going on, Dan? Yeah, free, sh- free shirt and tie, don't forget. Free shirt uh, and tie Collar and Cuff, if you've got a a wedding or some kind of event coming up in your life mm. it's the place to go yeah um, since what's going on I don't know I mean, since we, didn't, we, we didn't were at Enda's wedding by the way my, my girlfriend Enda, has spoken sorry. a lot about you and oh, she's uh, like oh I spoke to Dan a lot and he said geez you got an awful you got great wear out of that uh, collar and cuff, cuff blazer you didn't like stop wearing it for about four weeks well this is the last bit of content we're going to do in Enda's wedding but <laughs> it, was, it was pointed out to me uh, by my, my better half that do you not realise that at, at Enda's wedding you like promised you promised Susan Prom- you promised Susan that you would never ever refer to it as Enda's wedding again because it was actually two people involved in the day and she said you swore that on the next podcast you would say Enda and Susan's wedding and of course we just went right ahead and talked about Enda's wedding absolutely no recollection so there you go um, so, so what percentage so, of stuff Susan's on nights wedding. out do you actually remember anymore like you know but what percent well hang on like, well I, I think this is I mean this is maybe uh, the start of a more serious um, uh, debate for like future uh neurological examinations but um, maybe it's getting a bit blasé from like trips or stuff like that but so I was in Antalya last week um, for the, the training camp uh, prior to um, the Ireland game in Greece which obviously went very well and um, it was pointed out like well, I knew I'd been in Antalya for a week previously uh, for Declan Rice's Ireland debut um, in, in 2018 and I, I could not remember a single thing. Really? Place. Like, I, I, like, lads were talking about the hotel we stayed in and various nights and meals. And I was just like, I mean, that's something that, that was five years ago that I just don't recall a single thing. I, when I that got there, mad. it was like, I recognised the place of the odd restaurant. And then I sort of had a vague recollection of a hotel lobby we were in. 
But then again, you go back in time to other trips, like, you know, from five, six, seven years previously, and I can remember everything very clearly. So it's like that whole thing of, like, people remember, like, FA Cup finals of the 90s, and, and you know, you remember things of your youth very clearly, like who won, you know, the Olympics, uh, Olympic gold medals, and, certain, and you couldn't say what happened in the last five years. Mm. But when you've been there yourself, it's slightly mm. worrying. I suppose we went to European... Like we're on to European, that European time of year now. I should say to people, as the show is taking place, um, the second round draws are taking place as well. So we will discuss the European draws in due course, but we'll have a full picture by the end of the show. Um, we will because I think there's some very generous first round ties, but the the, the second round draws are, are crucial for a couple of clubs in terms of uh, the difference between a good year and a, and a great year um, in terms of a European run. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. What with was that. with your mailbag uh, kind of image? Just like a load of rain. Um, it's been. I mean, it's been. A fairly, well, you see, if you wet. do, so I don't. I'm not really that it good on Instagram, unlike yourself. Yesterday. But if you want to post up something on a story, you need like a picture in the background. And I mean, my most recent thing was like just a picture of the rain um, on the street. Mm. I, I will point out that in this week's mailbag, I didn't get to include it. But you actually sent a question to the mailbag yourself. <laughs> I didn't. I just said like climate change. But, <laughs> yeah, were, you, um, were you a couple of uh, a couple of drinks in at the time? No, um, I wasn't. Because I, I wasn't actually. No, uh, it, it has I was making media. lobster actually. Uh, well, I know. We'll talk about that. Yeah. Um, but but as social media, the way it goes, um, clearly, like your logins, I've met this before. You, your logins to our Instagram account and your activity on our Twitter account, clearly, there's an algorithm there that means that when I log into it, I get to see what you're looking at without seeing what you're looking at. Hashtag alarming. Well, that's it. Like yeah. it's like I log into LOI Central Twitter and like I keep seeing for you, and it's like all these posts about extreme temperatures around the world. Just avoid so, that account. Well, yeah. I well I can't yeah. avoid it because you've put yeah. it in to Elon's algorithm and every time I, I open LOI Central to put in the mailbag I just get bombarded with bad well, do weather you know, warnings. Do you know why that is? Because there's a record broken in temperature literally every day now. Oh I know everywhere. that Johnny. So that's why your I man know. just has to keep posting and we're absolutely screwed. No you told me the other day yeah no you told you told me this the other day I mean what is what is the point in anything just, let's, eat, just well, let's just eat lobster and prepare for the apocalypse you know that seems to be your Basically what I'm doing and the four LOI games in Europe and the return of the League of Ireland this week um, Yeah so we don't have games to review in terms of the the League of Ireland uh, run, I suppose we didn't really. I know last week it was more of a different um, type of show, obviously with Tim and Luke. So, but it didn't reflect on the games before the break. And it's funny, like there, I I still like the break. I saw. I don't agree. Like Damien Duff and Shree Byrne and a couple of people having a go at why are we having this break? It's like it's completely logical to have an international break because mm. most of the games would have been called off last week anyway. Yeah. Um, the Shells and, fans are enjoying the break. Looking at Instagram. Shells players rather are enjoying the break. There's a lot of uh, a lot of players. Yeah. Well, I know a few lads were in the Dublin airport on Saturday morning after the round of games going to Turkey. I'd, I'd gone out the day before, and they said it was just like League of Ireland who's who in the airport. Players going around the place. Look, I don't really have any problem with the break. Um, other well, leagues it does do, make other it leagues a little do, bit when it, you know other when, leagues do it in winter. Yeah, you know, and I think when this like, week comes back now, it is a little bit. I've almost zoned out a little bit from the League of Ireland. Um, I think one of the mailbag questions is about like the lack of build up for the big game. Yeah. I just, I just don't agree with that. Mm -hmm. I, I think that like, and maybe this is me in my media bubble again, but like, trust me, when you have big League of Ireland games around international breaks, they get buried, they get 100%. lost. And this season we have great crowds, we have great coverage, we have great attention. And I think you want the league to have its own place. And actually in the next month is probably its best window of the season because the Premier League is not. And like, you know, there's not a huge amount of other sport going on 
um, or in, in the football world and even like you know the rugby's quiet for next month or so um, okay the GEA is naturally quite dominant but um, even that finishes earlier so like you have a sort of a window actually in the next while so mm. to me a break rather than shoehorning our fixtures in around internationals when they would have to be rearranged anyway I think the break is a good thing I think yeah the internationals they hang over like this big fallout from the Kenny stuff I mean it's 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 a, it takes over everything it's all consuming but I think people by Friday morning will suddenly be like you know waking up and going okay like I know the Women's World Cup is on as well and that's naturally going to be a massive focus over the next month as well too um, but that's obviously a different time zone so like it's, there's actually a good window there for the league to have a little bit of a, a run and I think actually people you know I think coming up to the break people are going to a lot of games what I don't like is that when we come out of the break now you have an avalanche of fixtures like you know and, and that can be difficult for people that you've got games on Monday Rovers and Derry which is sort of shoehorned in a bit but again I think our season could be two three weeks longer I think it should be if we're going to a full-time league that's just what, what you need to do it's still too short yeah, well, I guess it is time to go to the mailbag. Just to mention, um, fan of the show, Keen, who I met, Keen Roach, who I met at um, Beyond the Pale at the weekend. There were a few League of Ireland fans knocking around, came over to say hello, um, big fan of the podcast and so on. You're just, um, just, you're just happy to be spotted out and about. Um, sometimes, yeah, sometimes you are, sometimes you're not. Particularly as the night went on at Beyond the Pale, you know. Um, it's, uh, I don't it's even know what that night. is. Uh, it's a festival. Uh, yeah. Will you get at the mailbag, Dan? Yeah, let's go to it. It's time for the all-new silk hand-stitch collar and cuff mailbag. Let's dive into those stylish electric telegrams while we're still young. The mailbag time, Ronan Keane, and, I, and several other people asked this, so how far can we expect the other sides to go in Europe this year? Now, at the end of the show, Ronan, we'll come back in with the second round uh, review, but I think it's fair to say that the first round draws... Um, As were, draws, were pretty yeah. favourable so Shamrock Rovers played the winner of the preliminary round which looks quite likely to be the champions of Iceland or Montenegro um, and I, I still think you know teams that have come through that uh, they've won a couple of games and they don't have a good record but I wouldn't be complacent about that I, I, I still actually I think it's actually potentially the toughest game yeah, as mu- as, and as much as the progress has been made League of Ireland teams still can't take anyone for Absolutely granted Absolutely not. Anyone. No and like we see how our clubs perform above themselves in Europe and all these exactly. other teams like they'll actually now look at Ireland as a place to play in some you know in front of decent crowds and, and you know have a go at them and we know we've been in Iceland you know like club football there is treated very seriously so no I I think the League of Ireland clubs are entitled to be probably favourites in all of these ties but I honestly I just wouldn't be complacent like you know we watch this every year there's a lot of mad results in European mm. football like you see the team from like Shamrock Rovers for example last year like were way better than Hibernians of, of Malta but then you had another team in Malta Hamron who went and beat Levski Sofia like it's mm. cup football and generally you'd have teams in Europe who've qualified because they win games in their country so they have a little bit of a habit of knowing how to win games. And if they can get ahead in the title, like we saw like Sligo Rovers against Bala Town. You know, but then they went to beat Motherwell. So like the form didn't make any 100%. real sense. So I don't think any Irish club could be complacent, but but in saying that they're obviously good draws. So the dock at Bruno's Magpies or uh, uh what a name. Yeah, basically because it's Bruno, wasn't it? Like a basically a pub team, effectively. Mm. You know, I should have just got John Sheridan back in for the game. Um but the the um if he even said Again, that. that was said out of context. Oh I know it was, yeah. so I know. Yeah. Was, um, he, he gets it was interpreted out of context. Yeah. Torshavn, that'll be a trip. Torshavn, Derry City. Is that the trip, Dan, for the exotic um, League of Ireland kind of neutral fan? Um, 
I like, yeah, I mean, I like the Pharaohs. You know, I think Derry definitely, they could have got Riga again. So I think for Derry, that was a good result. They actually, Derry had the toughest pool potentially in terms of who they could have mm. faced. So Torshavlin was a, a good result. The Dock were seeded, so they were probably always going to get a decent outcome. Although the Conference League is a bit funny, and well, well, the second round is a little bit like that. There's You can be seeded, and then you can still somehow get an absolute nightmare because you have a team from a strong league who've never been in Europe, and then they have a low okay, coefficient. Yeah. And then the other one, St. Pat's against Doodleange, which... Uh, did like in some ways a tough one for Pats relative to some of the opposition but Dudelange have lost some players they're not the team they were a couple of years ago but more to the point because they're seeded Pats take their seeding if they go through um, Massive which, incentive. Which, which again like we'll know before the end of the show and people listen to this now will already know what they've got in the second round but like Pats and the dog will be seeded if they go through but even that second round there's a higher percentage chance of a coin draw but we'll, we'll find out soon if they've managed to get it but I think um, all three are actually um, away first as well the way things has worked out which is pretty annoying from a work perspective um, but I think from the, dog away first as well yeah. they had to, they've had to flip it yeah, yeah okay. they had to flip it because of other games in Gibraltar so it's a bit annoying work wise um, but I think from their chances of progression wise um, you'd have to say it's no bad thing uh, I think for all of the clubs so if you um, were a better a man result. now what what is the how realistic is it to get two League of Ireland teams into group stages at this stage do you think oh practically zero like last year I don't think Even anyone got through Pats all, weren't a million miles off yeah but they had to win through, they had to win all around it's just classic like odds like would they have had a good chance if they got through like I think so Sophia beat them but then actually looked bad and did very well in the next round mm. it's just purely the slog of getting through four rounds I think someone some teams have done it but but generally I think last year there was only one or two teams left from round one in round four it's just so hard so yeah the crucial thing is, and actually this is when I make this point, um, Never Ending was on about uh, the subdued build-up to both Shams due to Ireland Games, a bit of apathy, fatigue. Um, you know, it's just it's just Wednesday, it's Tuesday. Like, just get to Friday and it'll be okay. Yeah. Um, but the ridiculousness of fans of one club is wanting Irish clubs to get the riches of doing well in Europe. Since league coefficient is irrelevant, why? It's an important point. The league of fit league coefficient is actually important this year um, because they're changing the rules I need to get fully on top of this but if the league is in the top 33 in Europe at a particular point then our second team will go into the Europa League and then have the parachute of getting into the Conference League so suddenly like if everyone's results this year are quite good it will benefit that it's not just, say, Shamrock Rovers who get a second chance yeah, to win the league Someone else. Now, of course, that's still only benefiting a small number of clubs. And I can understand why a club who's not in Europe this year doesn't want the teams to do well. I understand that. Um, but I've always come to this, we've talked about this, I've never once wanted an Irish club to lose a game in Europe in my working life. It's probably why it's that you flip the, you jump over the other side of the fence and you're not really a true fan anymore. I think, like, I think every manager a, as well, every manager, like if you talk to them, they're always like, oh yeah, we want this league that's, to that, like, That's not true. I know, uh, I know no. managers, I know managers who, who, teams to lose. oh, absolutely. Wow. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, yeah, Stephen yeah. Bradley's always been saying, absolutely, I'm always up for the league. They, they'll all say that, yeah. Well, they'll all say that. I mean, I honestly, yeah, I, I know for an absolute fact that, that 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 convivial stuff. And I'm not saying about Bradley, maybe he does. Um, but I can think of I think some very high profile managers who wanted nothing did not they're so obsessed with control that they didn't want anyone else to do well in Europe. Yes, that wow. does exist. But 
Um, um, but anyway, uh, the, the, interesting. the point to me would be, from my working perspective in my world, you want all the League of Ireland clubs to do well. I think it's very important for the league. I understand why fans don't feel that way. You don't want the rivals to succeed. But for me, it's very important that they do well every year. So um, that's just my view. Ryan McDyer, how do you think the Irish football public will react when the Irish teams are the four semi-finalists of the Conference League? I mean, there you go. Mm. What a story that would be. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, probably be sec- secondary to Liverpool in the Europa League. They yeah. could be here for the final in Dublin next year. Jason, have we ever had a better chance of all four clubs progressing with ease? Uh, I Definitely don't, not. I don't think so. Definitely no. not. I don't think so. I think with ease... Now, likely, likely one of these teams could well lose. Like, yeah, just I, think, I think like, you know, the Faroes teams, a couple of the Faroes teams have had good results in recent years. Dudelange won't be a push Dudelange, like they seem to be a weakened version and they are in pre-season. I think that's the thing with Dundalk and Pats, they're playing teams in pre-season. Mm. So they have to use that. Like just Derry just needs to be... I, I think... I think I think someone will struggle. I feel like they should all get through. And honestly, I think the Rovers one just isn't clear cut either. I honestly don't think that's one hundred percent clear cut. But again, this is where Rovers should hopefully their experience of playing Conference League against really good sides stands to them that they're in slightly more shallow waters and they can actually assert themselves. Can they play Copenhagen if they go through. You would have um, listened last week again, as well. Again, the, tricky. Although Copenhagen, I think are probably in pre-season. I'm not sure if the Danish league is a. Uh, through the through the year, I need to check that. There's um, a there's a notion out there that Shamrock Rovers aren't aren't at top gear yet. I think a lot of their season is geared towards Europe. The thing for Derry Dan is that um, the ties that we played, we'll say the 13th the 20th July. Derry be hoping to go in in better form because they've 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 definitely been under a cloud in recent weeks, and they will also you know remember the fact that Europe was disappointing for Derry last year. So Derry be the one I'd be thinking they. They really, really, really need to get through this first round. No, they do. They need a break, and and as I said, we'll, we'll see. We'll see who, who they potentially will play if they get through. But you know, it's a big tie for them. Just need that. Anyway, a few other points to go through. Yeah, VC best lobster John has eaten in the last week. I mean, you've eaten a lot of lobster in the last. Yeah, week. I, in fairness, I hardly far ever. Far from eat, that, you were raised yeah, absolutely it's in the Midlands in, in Ireland, pretty much. But far, far from uh, me eating lobster regularly, I ordered it because it was on a special in a, a very. It's a neighbourhood local. It wasn't expensive, and then I. Bought lobster on a, it was like a Father's Day deal. It was a two lobsters for 35 quid. Like you buy it on and they, they ship it out to you. And I was like, that's not bad, actually. Um, it was a harrowing experience, Dan. The fuckers are looking at you. Like they're looking mm. at you and they're twitching their, like, um, you know, their eyes and they're, they're looking at you. Like they almost like know that you're going to, you know, kill them. Yeah. And then, then like after you do the deed, which itself is pretty harrowing, like they're still twitching for a good three or four minutes. And like, as I was, cause I was doing it the humane way of not boiling the, the lobsters alive, which you can do. Um, What's the humane way? You you basically just like put a knife through their brain, basically like that. But <laughs> well, yeah, yeah it's, it's, as in they're, dead, they're, they're yeah. supposedly dead straight away. Um, so the the lobster itself is delicious. Jeez, an absolute mess trying to eat it though. Like it was like like a Rubik's cube delivered on your plate. Like so figure this out, and then you've got your hands are an absolute mess. Harrowing experience. Lobster is overrated, but um, that was my best one of the two. By the way, the to answer podcast. your question, yeah, it's a, you know fair play to you. Um, um, Ian Savile, what do you think of the chance for the FBI to get money for the infrastructural plan? Um, I think there's a chance they will get some money in. I'm not sure will they get what the, they're asked, but I, I do think there's a half an opportunity. Um, Sean O'Kelly surprised Duff not linked to return to Celtic or the interim Ireland job. Well, there is no interim Ireland job at the moment. Um, I think Duff could be a long term candidate at the, the moment. Job. Uh, well, I mean, just saying there isn't that yeah. at some point in the future there might be. Um, surprised Duff not linked to return to Celtic. Well, Duff doesn't like that's as Brendan Rogers has gone back. Like Duff doesn't want to live 
in another country like you know um i'm sure i'm sure if he was offered the celtic manager's job maybe that'd be a different discussion but the idea he would go back to his old job or or want to just go to some lower league club in the uk that's that's not going to happen it is uh, mad that like damien duff's trajectory towards like likely getting the ireland job at some stage is going to involve managing possibly entirely in the league of ireland that well, is- i mean it could be turkish money like this is it? Yeah, that, there is. Like that, the, yeah. the, we didn't really get. We haven't that. that I'm not sure if we've had a podcast really since that. Not really. Out. No, you didn't really get into it last week. Naturally mm. enough. So, I mean, what are they going to do? You know, what's going to happen with Charles? I know they re-signed Connor Cairns, but what are they going to do? A lot of questions about rumors in this window. I've, I must not going to lie. I've been in the Ireland zone, so I haven't been following. God it help up. you. There's a uh, John Bonner asking about Derry being linked with Paul McMullen, ex Dundee, who was one of the top players in the Scottish Championship last year. Probably a Ryan Graydon replaced with Angela potentially. I'm not on top of that, um, to be honest. Where did, um, um, question for me for the mailbag, where did Friday rank in the most depressing nights of following Ireland as an as a journalist oh Jesus highly up there I mean we can talk about it Paul Curry's coming in so we can talk a little bit about Ireland and him at the start um, I sense you're um, rather deflated well I mean I just listen I mean but like I start my first Ireland away game properly as as the end of football writer was like 17 years ago and they lost 5-2 in Cyprus that was your I've become conditioned to misery it's funny and the last thing I'll say about the um, festival was like the 4G was appallingly bad Like so yeah. I had gambled on I'm going to watch the game on my phone and when I brought my tent to the, the general camping area, I was getting really tired at this stage. And there was a family area at the extreme of the sort of camp. And I was like, I'll oh, just throw it there. Hope they don't say anything. Left the tent there, went in anyway, and met all the people. There was literally done. There was no 4G. You couldn't even send a text message. The only place you could get actually 4G to watch the football was where my camp got. And it was. And I was like, this is the best thing ever. This is so fortunate. Then the match happened. Yeah, I mean... You've had quite a week of uh, first world problems. How to kill a lobster and can't get 4G to first world problems. Yeah. How to kill a lobster is a problem for anyone. Like, <laughs> y- honestly, you don't. It's not. It's not, I'm, not, not I'm not good at. Not, not, good. not a choice You're looking people at people like, to face. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. It's optional. You don't yeah. have. You don't like no one. You don't have to buy a lobster for thirty five. Two for thirty five. If forced, lobster was often a pauper's meal in the Blasket Islanders. That's how they lived. They, you know, oh, yeah, they had no, lobster. Know, but, um, no, do you like no. lobster? Um, I I've tried it. I've tried it. Um, I mean, I like fish, but I'm not sure. Like the lobster crab meat stuff. You know, it's true. It's the battle of eating it is often the the obstacle, uh, especially to. when I had no idea how to actually break it up into being edible. Yeah, all, but anyway, so, listen, uh, we need to get away from the lobster. Hashtag um, lobster. Um, but I, 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 yeah, we'll 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 come I back. Think Paul Curry has had lobster. I'd say he, he probably, probably has. They've probably had it for breakfast. To yeah. be honest, you know, they just probably have their own. They probably have their own. Um, yeah. Fergal, who gets more points this year, UCD or Kerry? It's actually a good question. They both have six points at this at this stage with their respective divisions. Um, it's a tough one, that. Good I, question. I feel like Kerry might, because I feel at the end of the season there'll be some, some first division. But then again, like they're all, there's, a playoff, there's a playoff, playoff. battle, yeah. you know. Um, but I think UCD, again, every team is playing for something every week, so I'm not sure if they'll get cheap points at the end of it. Nod Lennon, is Dan any relation of Pat McDonald? I think that's the fella from Father Ted, the uh, Oh McLove with the, the jumper, the cake jumper. Oh, is that Pat McDonald, yeah? Not a relation, sadly. Um, I mean, I wish he was. Um, someone, not. someone, I'm Do trying, I wish he was? I'm trying to find the message here. Someone said, um, called you in a message to me, um, 
Um, Daniel McDonald the other day. I'm just trying to find it. But, okay, um, yeah, I, I, help what the I hope there's, there's more of a joke to, to follow with that. That's Cots, the Cots, joke. Cotsy Casey, did you, did you do any reading on your Cotsy, travels, Dan? Still, still having it. Rodestons want to know. We had a complaint last week. What's this old Roddy thing about? We, we just have it. We have it. Me and Cotsy have a thing about this. No, I still have it. Who is Cotsy, by the way? Uh, I was just, just a person. Yeah. He's a listener. Cotsy Casey. Um, I haven't read the book. It's still sitting unopened. I, I've had a, I've been carrying, like, I have this really slow habit. I, I bring books away in all my trips and just and don't, don't read. Them. Yeah, like I have. Uh, there's that Seamus O'Reilly book. Um, oh, does did you hear? Mammy died, which is um, which is the one that Tommy Bow reacted to about ten siblings. Yeah. Do you remember that? Do you remember that clip of Tommy <laughs> Bow? Remember it, yeah. Um, and I mean, it's a good book, but I keep reading like a chapter on every trip, and I, and I brought it to guitar, and I've still not finished it. Um, <laughs> Owen Walters, Enda Stevens, come back to the Yellow White. No, it's just like it's too big a jump. Like to, again, Chef wages to. League of Iron Wages is way too big of a, yeah. of a leap. Um, 1990, he was born. So 33 this year. Daryl Horgan? Yeah, uh, Daryl Horgan, I think people are having a go, yeah. And we'll see. Um, so Pat's extra. Should League of Iron players be called up the international team? Surely Chris Forrester, Jack Bird, or Miles Barrett, the Mott's already in that midfield. I mean, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think there's no doubt in the games against Gibraltar, you'd like to see them on the pitch. Um, I, 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 I don't know. I'm torn on this. I see a bit of debate going on. Stephen Kenny's made a big endorsement of himself as League of Ireland background, but he won't pick League of Ireland players. But as manager, you have to pick the best players for your squad. Like, I don't know. I don't know if there's players banging the door down. You know, I could see why Jack would have his, would be merited of a place in the squad, but I don't think it's a case of saying that they're the answer to the problems that Ireland have, unfortunately. I think, you know, in the coming years, will we have like superstar 17, 18-year-olds here um, who should be knocking on the door. I always feel that the League of Ireland players in the squad, you want them to be on the way up rather than yeah. lads later in their careers. That's mm. just my opinion. Um, you know, Shawnee Maguire was worthy of being in it at Cork City, for sure. Darrell Horgan at Dundalk, for sure. Now, as it happened, they went and got a few caps, but didn't, you know, just had good careers around the Ireland squad without being just good enough to be, say, purely first choice. But, you know, better players like inferior players sorry to to burn and Forrester have probably won caps as well I would say that too definitely um, Forrester uh, wouldn't be able to play so he's playing is he still top scorer in the league he, he is, is yeah I know I mean like I mean, like we know that is he at the peak of his career actually at the moment Chris Forrester I know you're saying in England when he he went. was so good at Peterborough like mm. I don't know I, I think like unfortunately just with some of these players like it's it's not about ability it's just other things like like I wouldn't underestimate the slog of like playing, and Owen Doyle's talked about this, the, the demands of playing like a 46-game oh, season Jesus, yeah, in England. Yeah. And it's a lot about athleticism. And mm. this is the whole point of it. You like to see some of our lads playing around Europe in different leagues. And, and like Jack Byrne thrived in Canberra, you know, mm. and, and you know, could Chris Forrester do that in another league? And, and he probably could, you know. But but look, it's it's very hypothetical. Um Tom, would, would the Galway Tiger clean bait the head off of any other mascot in the LOI, including... The Derry City mascot or mascot. I, mean, I don't even know. Is it, are these all Ter- mascots? Ter- Terry the Tiger. Terry Tucker yeah. won a pizza off us a couple of years ago, yeah, didn't he? Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, what about the, the Galway United fan? Uh, the, the clip? Don, Don DC. What about him throwing Jonathan Corbett under the bus? <laughs> the, basically on off the ball. Like the league sometimes is so weird. The Galway United chairman, Jonathan Corbett, works closely with John Caulfield, <laughs> saying that Stephen Kenny is useless. 
and it's like it's said on national radio and then someone sent that clip to me and they were like I think it was Rory O'Connor was like this is Johnny Ward in 2045 it was and Rory I, O'Connor yeah I fucking have words with you Rory <laughs> sorry it's true we won't even be here in 2045 <laughs> climate change that's, that's not even a joke I'm telling you Tom Deasy's a legend Rory he, uh, you've gone down my God, estimation God, he might be in trouble I suppose um, but, but, uh, but I sent it to him under the I bus sent it to you and then he was <laughs> hiding under the bus later in the interview and then I sent it to you and you were like I know Don yeah. <laughs> I was just like and he's aiming these his brother but listen that interview like that is literally Don has had like a lot of hardship in his life as well not not notwithstanding losing um, Chick obviously who was like the but the, she still managed to make light of in the, in the clip which is um, so yeah because that's that's how I guess that's you battle with adversity yeah, it absolutely. is the, the most quintessential Galway City accent you will ever get gets a stop in as well like which is kind of old school Galway unbelievably um, uplifting character Don and um, I can't believe how this is all escalated because ultimately we were playing Gibraltar like there was nothing to report on here literally nothing Johnny Corbett I, I am sorry um, I know we, we have to meet up and get some stuff sorted with with Rich going oh, on the podcast but, 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 but you did not deserve you did yeah. not deserve <laughs> to be thrown under a bus under which you subsequently had to hide by Don DC yeah uh, just to be clear uh, listeners I mean we, we know that Johnny uh, has called league title races in his time but calling the end of civilization is You've called it a bit early there. Like I think 20, 20, 20, I think you, in, in, you've got young children. By be, the end be, of, be confident they might they might get delivered. You, you, okay, before you said Evan Ferguson is, is certainly to get to 100 oh, caps. Oh, that's what you're about. Evan Ferguson will do very well to get to 100 caps because the world won't even be functioning in about 10 or 15 years. It's gone. Like It's literally gone. And that is my prediction. And I'm not so wrong. So you messaged the other day going... What price Evan Ferguson to get 100 caps? We won't have enough time because we won't even get there. Honestly, football will be gone by then. That is That sounds basket case. We are absolutely screwed. See, I don't want to be one of these people that like it's played back in a documentary, but I mean, I have. We're dead. Uh, I think, We're dead. I think like. there's other regions of the world are going to be in trouble. We're, no doubt about we, that. We've, we've had three of the last five okay. months have been basket case stuff, like basket okay. case stuff. We're already having problems okay. with fruit and veg and tillage. And, um, but, but we have got good League of Ireland draws in Europe. And <laughs> Just stick with us. <laughs> Any lobster. I, I think Evan will get to the 100. I think he'll get to the 100. And I think... Uh, you won't give me odds, though. Uh, like, you're like, well, oh... I'm, I'm not, listen, okay. if, well, if, if, the, if the basis of the bet is the end of civilization, maybe I should give you 100 <laughs> to 1, take the money up front and see what happens. What else we I'm got? laughing. Uh, we've got a question. We're going to go to Paul Curry now. Uh, mailbag so last week your question was who brought uh, who was the manager who brought Tim Clancy to the league you didn't know the answer at the time do you know it now uh, I do and uh, I have to say I have no recollection of it being Pat Fenlon uh, but it was Pat Fenlon and, and Kevin Barry has win, won but, the term. but I have wanted to say this Kevin Barry answered yes and if you don't get the reference um, you should it's a it's a play on a Kevin Barry answered no that's the song. That's the actual yeah, okay, the, thank the you. rebel ballad. Thank Kevin you. Barry answered no. Yeah. He, he wouldn't give yeah, in no, to the Brits. He yeah, wouldn't tell just, them anything. Just, just Kevin just, Barry answered no. And this time, Kevin Barry answered yes. Tim Clancy, so, of course, we probably have some leanings of that inclination. Not, he's not here to answer that. <laughs> but he won't. Um, anyway, and uh, this week's question for you the thought Ra- it was easy on him. Yeah. I just thought like you, you didn't really get into some of their performances this year. Just you could have asked. It, it's, it was a bit, it was a nice friendly chat, uh, and then you'd bring in Luke at certain times. Yeah, yeah. But no, I just. You could have gone a little bit stronger. And like, I'm a big fan of Tim Clancy, as you know. But like, you know, just... Just one or two points. It was just like just 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 stick on stick on this team. It was getting interesting as well. Yeah, fair managing enough. the club, the personalities around the club. There's a few questions I would like to have asked yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah, you did say Didn't that. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, but anyway, this week's question for the Rascalsbury guided tour is: um, We fancy our chances of all four Irish clubs getting through their first round in Europe. Can people tell us the year, the last year, where all four Irish clubs were knocked out in the first round? 
Uh, so they didn't win a single tie. That's an absolute banger of Didn't a win a single tie. Just praise um, for me and criticism. Yeah, there you go. That's our you. dynamic. Let's bring in Paul Curry. Yes, Paul Curry is in the house with two phones, which always makes me suspicious of anyone, really. What's going on there? It's just work, John. Yeah, that's that's always the answer. No, it's work. That's a work Fitting phone. Fitting into my schedule. Yeah. yeah it's work it's phone. It's personal phone. Do you remember, I mean, the first time you did our pod, definitely had one phone. Who? Curry. Jeremy oh, yeah. came in, he announced his retirement. He was one phone call oh, as the call of the God, time. Remember that, yeah. And now he's, yeah. he's high flying. How has life been since? You've, you've, you've a constant smile on your face and you're, you're in love, you know. <laughs> Everything's good. I'm in love. Probably yeah. had a bit of lobster. No, not in a while. Uh, are you a lobster fan? Like, let's go to the I chase. wouldn't order, no. Okay. No. Uh, I, we were discussing, I'd say the Corrie's, it's been on the menu at various times. It was in Peplos the other night. Very good. You're having yeah. Peplos, yeah. yeah. Um, how, how, are, how is Paul Corrie, though? Haven't yeah, very going? good, Johnny. Yeah. Um, What's yeah. been going on? Busy in work, busy with the, the bits and pieces that I do with Orsi as well. Um, but just, I, I would say in general, really enjoying life at the moment. Were you enjoying, um, we have obviously have to mention, what's the story with your take on Irish football at the moment? Dan is kind of getting over the grim reality of last Friday in Greece. Yeah, it was it was a tough watch. I watched it with, with Pat Fenlon in, in RCE and it, I mean, there was no hiding I think from from the performance, I think many people probably would have accepted the result had we played quite well. Um, but I, I thought the the whole sort of cohesion about the team, the the way we pressed, the way we tried to keep the ball, it was difficult to see what it is we were trying to do. And the worrying part about that is we had such a big build up in the lead up to this game. You know, you think about the training camp in Bristol, then the training camp in Turkey, and then we put a performance like that together. It is hard to justify, and it is hard to, I guess, make excuses this time round. And that is a bit of a worrying sign but to be honest with you Johnny it didn't really surprise me I thought when we went back to the Nations League campaign last year and I thought back to the Armenia performance when I was in the ground and I watched it I thought we were diabolical that night I really did um, and I thought we were we were scrambling to win a game where you would have expected us to be in far more control and Stephen has had a lot of time in this job Is it three at the back? No I, I don't think it's three at the back I I'm more than in favour of three of the back. I think that suits a large proportion of the players that we have. And I think when you're playing better teams, it certainly suits us. Maybe when you play the likes of Gibraltar, yeah, you can, of course, justify playing a 4-3-3 that Stephen has always played under. I interrupt you, sorry, but Stephen has had, what were you going to say? He has had like... He's had plenty of time yeah. in the job. And, and listen, I'm not calling for, for a, a change right now, but I think at, <laughs> sooner rather than later, we're going to have to start seeing good performances and results to go with that. And with the fixtures that we have coming up, I don't think that's likely. So I, I do worry a bit for him um, within that job. I'm not sure beyond this campaign whether or not he's going to be in that job. I think what he did do at the beginning of his tenure was very brave to bring those players in. I think a lot of people would have stuck with you know the tried and trusted and experienced players and, and try to graft out results I think he's extremely brave at what he did bringing in a lot of uncapped players a lot of younger players drafting them in what he did for their international career absolutely would have helped their club careers and, and going on and playing more games at club level and, and raising their profile but I think now what we were all expecting was the Greece games were going to be vitally important and we needed to see good performances not necessarily a win, but we needed to see a good performance and we did not get that. What, what depressed me most was that Greece, I thought, just had us. Like, they weren't even anywhere near full till Once they went ahead, they just sat back. We'll, we'll deal with this. Uh, over to you, Dan. Well, yeah, no, I don't really have much to add. I mean, I think, um, look, I think on the, the, the broader picture, I mean... Uh, what was the press conference like in Which general? Because well, the one what, what day was that? The one that was being has been reported on where the shambolic kind of stuff. Oh, the shambolic I, one was pre-match Gibraltar, and then mm -hmm. the one that a lot of people are digesting today 
as I speak on Wednesday morning is the the huddle after the game on Monday night and just for people there's always a section afterwards in a corridor away from the big press conference room mm. which is for like it's a different forum like you wouldn't be putting the audio out of it so it's a different type of chat um, but it invited like Kenny told us all to step back and give this big long speech and spoke about you know his record is 46 games and I think like we're a League of Ireland podcast we don't really, like, we're not about international football but naturally Kenny like, like he, he was our guest last year in our show like a lot of people have an affinity because he's a League mm. of Ireland man League of Ireland person we always probably felt in a way rightly or wrongly that how he fared in the job would almost become a referendum of the the League of Ireland manager I know like younger managers in the league we speak about one of the reasons they would want Kenny to do well is because it might sort of open up a pathway for them in time and if not now he, he, it becomes a thing or he can't and I think what drove him in my opinion the other night to go on this little bit of a spiel would be uh, you know people talking about him as though he's inexperienced or out of his depth and like his point clearly is that well I've I've managed teams in, in 46 European games and like other candidates have been mentioned haven't mentioned managed teams in men's games at all pretty much um, but they're obviously deemed to be experienced because they've existed in a, more, in a more elite level of football yeah. and I understand like you know you have a lot of the ex-internationals who let's we know it are the skeptical of Kenny because of where he's come from um, and his and Paul you could talk about this because you've like you've played in England so you know what the attitude would be to, to hear um, and I think Kenny's always been battling that um, like the press conference stuff is such a sideshow in a way and I hate that it becomes that way the only relevance of the press conference stuff I would say is that some of the stuff that happened media wise in the first couple of months put Kenny in my opinion on the back foot like uh, you know on the back foot and I think some of that was very cynical um, and and you know there'd be people would would attempt to say now that you know we, we always wanted this to do well from the start I, I would feel that there was some stuff going on at the start which I feel like and if we people listening to this would know Kenny's League of Ireland career okay he started well at Bowes and it tailed off right but at all the other clubs Longford, Derry, Dundalk the success stories he started well and it just kept going Rovers didn't start well and Dunfermline okay he was a bit of both like he never has been comfortable in the Ireland job because of what happened at the start and I do think that some of the commentary around him is a little bit insult- insulting as it leans on his background and I think mm-hmm. the tone of how he's been addressed at times um, even around press conferences and stuff it's just my opinion I don't think an ex-international player would have been spoken about in the same well, way well, but then maybe uh, that's because of his back yeah on yeah. that like uh, and I was thinking of Steve Staunton because Steve Staunton if you if you meet Steve Staunton on the street now this is the sad thing is you don't remember his amazing Ireland career you remember the flop he was in Ireland manager and it was I was thinking about this if Stephen Kenny does lose his job in in this reign or after this reign his life changes forevermore because he's he will be deemed the lad who failed as the Ireland manager well, it'd be very hard to get a job with the same sort of salary or the same sort of exposure like the Ireland job. But I think when, when you go back to, like, forget about where he's come from or what he's done previously, if I just look at the games, I think we're very, very predictable. I think the way we play out from the back, we roll into centre-halves, we sometimes go into midfield, then we come back out to the full-back. It's, it seems like oppositions are now looking at us and are setting up in such a way that it actually nullifies any sort of way of, of going down the sides or through the middle. And then when you strip it back again, like this could be something to do with the players, but there's no creativity, there's no invention. It's very basic football that we're playing at the moment. And Greece absolutely played to that. You know, yeah, they, they They pinned our wing-backs back so it became a, uh, almost like a back five and then we did not have any creativity in the middle of the pitch we just did not and that was the one thing that really worried me because I thought god 
have we run out of ideas mm. in this situation? Have we got nobody who can kind of just take the ball by the horns in the middle of a game and, and you know, deviate away from what we spoke about in the lead up to this game? Or can we not just flex within the middle of a match to to try something new? And, and that worried me. But for Stephen, yeah, listen, this is a massive job. It was a massive decision to give him the job in the first place. We all, of course, wanted him to do well. People connected to the league here. But yeah, if, if it doesn't go well, Johnny, it's going to have major implications on on his next job, on, on where he takes his career. His CV will always be strong in Ireland, but is he going to get a job, say, in Scotland or England? You would suggest probably not. Yeah, no, I think so. And, and, and look, you know, I think part of the difficulty is that this is the job for him. Like for other people, it's a stepping stone or it's a, it's a gig on the side. This is the job for him. And that's the feeling. But like, I think a lot of the noise and all of that has been distracting. And I think he's probably got caught up in that in times. That's, that's my opinion again. Um, and it's disappointing, but, but ultimately like he, he had the, ch- he's been given the, a good opportunity. I don't think people can say he hasn't been given a fair shake to do the job. Um, and the inconsistency of results ultimately is what put, is what put him in bother. You know, I, I, don't like some of the stuff that's going on around it. I will stand over my opinion on that. I, I How just, do you mean? Just, just the one of just elements. Go back to the start, like the first couple of months. Like you know, uh, there was some very cynical things happened then. Um, and um, unfortunately, like I suppose part of the gig though is being able to withstand that and mm. moving on past it. And like that's that's the thing. And and even this, I mean, I've heard the point made this week. Like even like Kenny at the moment is stuck in this loyalty to a formation that he's never possibly been mad about, you know, and he's, he's sort of, he's, he's almost acting against his instincts in the job, but like sometimes you get sucked into this big job and, and it can just runs away from you a little bit. I'd love, in, say in five years time, he could have a great perspective on it you know I don't I think history will be kinder to him than it actually will be to Steve Staunton I don't think he's going oh, to yeah. be oh no absolutely you know, the Staunton oh, one it is, hasn't been a joke was, like. the Staunton one was sort of lampooned by mm. fans um, like the Kenny thing is weird like people are still showing up to games mm. and, and it's a mad one but 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 look like you know I always felt to start this campaign if Ireland didn't qualify he would he would not be in the job for the next campaign and, and I think that that's a fair enough outcome, even if the draw was tough. Like, I think, I don't think anyone could argue that after a couple of campaigns, the issue I would have had was the people before he even got him the job calling, uh, implying that it was time to go then. And I wouldn't, but but they would feel vindicated now with what's happened subsequently. But funny, you look look at Rory Higgins, one of his former lieutenants, and like, whatever that line is about, like, the the fight was going really well until I got a punch in the face, basically, like, and I was knocked out. Like, Rory Higgins went into this job, everything was upward trajectory. You just don't know what happens in life. Like, so Rory Higgins has been hit with all these blows, the catastrophic blow of losing his brother. Then, obviously, Alan, um, Alan Reynolds, who moves home to look after his mother, who then subsequently passed away, he leaves. Their results have kind of tanked a bit, I would say. I think their performance have been poor. And football management, it's not straightforward, Paul. No, it's not. And if I think back to, to my own sort of playing career and when I was playing my best stuff... I was happiest in my personal life as well. And the two the two certainly are connected together more than maybe the average fan looking in might suggest. And I'm sure that any sort of um you know, any sort of pressure that Stephen or Rory, whoever that might be, is feeling in their personal life probably has a bit of an effect on on how they perform in their professional life and the difficulty for Stephen in particular is the, the length of time that we have in between games Stephen has always been a club manager before he dipped into the FAI and you know game after game and you've maybe Friday or Saturday to put things right again and I'm sure that the the grease results I think you could have you could hear it in his press conferences and you could see it in his body language 
before and after the Gibraltar game that he was hurting from it. And I'm sure that's something that he's going to have to think about and review and probably look over games between now and September thinking about how he's going to put things right. And that will be a serious waste. And that's probably no surprise that he's had that bit of an outburst with with the media because he's probably felt the pressure over the last couple of weeks. But yeah, it, it is probably the side that that maybe people don't think about at times is is how much is going on in people's lives. His kids as well. Like, so his kids, what is he, four or five kids, like promising young footballers among them, they have to live through it as no. well. Like, it's a big deal. It I know. Really, come really, with the job. It does. Like, like, it comes with a job look, and he knew that they've like, travelled all around the world. You're, like, you're, he's paid 500 like, grand for abs- a reason abs- abs- as opposed to someone who gets the, 50 grand in a job. I don't think the money really matters. No, no, I mean? No, no, of course. But listen, part of that stuff comes with the job. Then you're getting a little bit too protective, right? Like, I know, I know, I know, like, I'm not saying you guys. It's just human like, the, the, yeah, yeah. The, the, the value like you know the, there's that sense of you know like I know the people in Martin O'Neill's family were upset actually by coverage he got as mm. well too and, and I'm sure Mick McCarthy in the past and, and, and various people like that is part of it um, like Ireland are in trouble for, for football reasons primarily I think in this that's co- why I didn't like James McLean's yeah. comment about the media the media have been absolutely fair in my in view this like, context, in this context well no. yeah well there's been one or two odd that wasn't an excuse no yeah. about Stephen I'm just saying that this is I'm sure something that's yeah, going on absolutely. Yeah, no, of course. And and look, like to me, in the context of this podcast, like the broader thing is here that like it shows like some of the attitudes that exist show like how far the league still has to go in people's minds. And and like we're going to a future where like with Brexit, post Brexit, as we know, like we're producing um, you know, we're now have responsibility here for the production of our Shower great talents. Beat Ajax under 15, yeah, yeah so exactly. That was sake. mentioned. But but obviously, you know, we ideally you want to be at the stage where you you look at coaches in this country as options to be national team manager. But but clearly, there's still a feeling. You know, and I understand where it comes from that you we still need uh, someone from outside mm. to come in. I don't know how you feel, like Paul. This is a, it's a tough one, isn't it? Like I mean, Lee Carsey's name is mentioned, who hasn't managed. Uh, senior men's other than a caretaker stint but he spent his life around you know Premier League football Man City England on 21 like that's that's part of the equation here we all know people in this country who just won't take weren't really willing to take Stephen Kenny seriously because of his CV that's just a fact yeah your playing CV doesn't carry very far when you go to the UK either yeah that's just the nature of it now maybe that will change in time and if, if we start to maybe create avenues for more players from the League of Ireland being involved in the senior team and the underage teams find their way in in the championship or the Premier League or League One or wherever that might be, well, then maybe people will start looking at the League of Ireland in a more favourable light. But yeah, I, I don't know where you turn if, if you are to, to change. I think whoever is to take the job after Stephen, whether that be in six months, 12 months, two years, whenever that might be, will certainly be inheriting a more promising squad than the one that Stephen took over. And I went, I mentioned earlier on, I think he deserves a hell of a lot of credit for the bravery he showed to bring those young players in at the beginning mm. and to almost tee himself up for a number of people to take aim at him. But who, who would that ends up with? Or who ends up in charge after Stephen? I don't really know. We don't know. Listen, we have a bit of breaking news here to go bring us back. No, we we'll bring go, us then. back to where we are. The second round draws have now <laughs> I come through. News from the FAI. No, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, so Dundalk FC or Magpies away to Ackery of Iceland or Connors Key of Wales. Derry City, if they go through, will play KUPS Coops of Finland. Finland. 
And if St. Patrick's had let it go through, they're away to Gazira, United, Malta, Dentora, Northern Ireland. They this is an amazing, great amazing. So if you revise your opinion about at least uh, two teams. I getting. think now, like, I think the, the Coops won, like Finnish teams though, like we've seen Irish teams beat Finnish teams. Like I think mm. HJK are obviously very strong, but the leagues are ranked very similarly. I think all of our clubs there um, delighted, like. will be thinking, I, I, think, I, think, I think Copenhagen will be too strong mm. for Rovers, but I think all of our, but naturally Rovers are going to go into that pathway mm. and they're going to have a crack because Copenhagen are in pre-season mm. so that gives them a little bit more of a chance than they would against a Norwegian or a, a Swedish club um, but I think the others can all start to think if we play to our best if we play to our maximum we can get through and there's a lot of, lot of money at stake here they're talking about Dundalk their finances are being discussed you can get 750 grand by getting mm. through two rounds in Europe I mean it's an insane time of the year Paul isn't it that like like clubs can make and you're interested in the business side of the game and players too like they can make more money in a month than they can in a year it's sort of insane mm. yeah absolutely and I'd still be in contact with a number of the, the Shamrock Rovers players and I know that they're fully focused on, on the league but at this time of year naturally enough the focus sort of shifts to Europe and, and what can be achieved if you do get the, those favourable draws I think yeah for, for the players the exposure of playing in the group stage but there's also the financial rewards that are at stake here you know if you're able to get a, a piece of the pot by, by going deep into Europe that's certainly going to help a number of those players but it's the exposure for me it's it's seeing our teams and I know you guys always refer to as well a lot of people's benchmarks of how the League of Ireland's performing is dependent on European results yeah. So the more favourable draw, the further we can go, the more money you can get in the bank for the clubs, the players, whoever that might be, is going to bode well. I, I'm, I'm still a little sort of sceptical when, when we, we mention like Dundalk and, and even Derry to an extent when you see how inconsistent they've been throughout yeah, the season. Yeah, I think, yeah. Like, I, we, we can't look at any draw and go, that is an absolute banker for our oh, 100%. Team we've said that before you come yeah. on. I think that's, I think there's, there's. I think when our clubs go out in Europe every year, there's always a sense of, okay, have they gone out to a team that they should be going out mm. to? But I think the thing is, all those potential opponents there, you can't say, well, we've no right to mm. compete with those teams. I think, but mm. the, you're right. Like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not sort of getting on my, but there was options there. Like Pats could have, I think, drew a team potentially from, from the Swiss league. I just couldn't, I just couldn't, couldn't what see have you that. made of the standard of that Paul? Like, what have you, like Pat Fenden is kind of like, uh, yeah, Rovers miles ahead. What have you made of it? Yeah, I would have agreed. So I, I think heading into the break, I would have, said that Shamrock Rovers would have been surprised that they were six points clear when you think well, of they, the, what they didn't win any of their first six the points that they've dropped um, particularly against Drogheda and Cork and to still have mm. a six point advantage would kind of raise question marks about how close are Derry to Rovers at this moment in time I think if they kind of kick on if they find a fo the form that they've shown in the last couple of weeks if you can get the likes of Gaffney firing um, Johnny Kenny Jack Byrne ramp them up a gear or two as they head into Europe, you could absolutely see them pulling away. What have you met of your mate Faruja? Yeah, really good. Um, the one thing that I would say to Neil that I, I say to him myself is he needs to score more goals. Players who are playing in those wing-backs positions for Shamrock Rovers should be getting 10 goals. Is it his, striking, is it his striking ability or is it confidence? Because you don't actually see him hit, oh, geez, that's an amazing shot from Faruja. Because he gets into these positions and then he kind of scuffs it or he doesn't, I, I don't know, I'm asking you. I think it's a bit of both. I think naturally enough, if he, if he was to score, you know, in back-to-back -back weeks, I think his confidence in front of goal would absolutely improve and you could pr probably see him, you know, t getting more on the board. But I think first and foremost, he needs to get himself into those positions. If you look last, last year at Andy Lyons, like Andy Lyons kind of coming in and around the back post and he's not somebody who you would have suggested would have scored as many goals as he, as he has done. Neil is more naturally a an attack-minded player who, 
should be in the final third, who should be getting in the box. Look at the size and think about the header that he scored against Bose. He should be doing that more often. Yeah. And whether we like it or not, the game is becoming more and more about statistics. And people will say, how many goals has he scored? How many uh, assists has he created? If Neil can improve that side of his game, I don't think he'd be in the league very often because the things that he does quite easily is very hard to find. He goes yeah. past players. He's quick. He's strong. So many teams, Johnny, in the UK will look at him and go, 100%. absolutely, we would take a pop on him. The likes of a Jack Byrne, they probably have so many creative number 10s, number 8s, that they could bring through their academy that they have at their disposal. Neil is is not your your average player. Um, he is very unique in what he does, but he absolutely, and Neil knows it, he has to improve in the final third. He needs to create more chances, he needs to score more goals. And if he does that, then you're, you're starting to see a more complete player. But over the last... I would say six to 12 months, Neil has absolutely gone up a level or two. And if he can stay fit, I would expect that that would happen again. Yeah, and I think, I think the fact that Neil hasn't been to the UK as well, that actually adds to the allure of him, that mm. they feel there's something... He hasn't failed. Work, well, there's something they can work with there, you mm-hmm. know, and that's always the thing. Looking at this weekend's fixtures, I mean, like Rovers play Bowes on Friday and, and, and they play Derry at home on Monday. Like, mm. It's a huge round of games. It's also a big weekend for Pats. I mean, look, we have the fixtures of Friday, so we have Drodded and Dalk, we have UCD Sliger Rovers, Bowes, Shamrock Rovers, Derry City, Cork... And Friday we've got some Pats in Shelburne and Monday Pats go to Dundalk. I mean, the uh, the Pats thing, I mean, Pats and Shell, you see the bit of back and forth around Love Island. So you would have fancied Love Island, I'd say, in your younger days, would you? you would lo- I thought you were looking at me. No, Jesus yeah. Christ. Carl, oh, you're, <laughs> Someone Paul, Paul, you're a very when, handsome man. When, when, when it went round that you were on, some people said to me, the message me going, is that Carly? Jesus Christ. And then you see the, the back and forth with Pats and Shells about I actually didn't see that Sh- Sherborne, because uh, I think whoever uh, Scott was on with, she said, uh, oh, who'd you play for? Sherburn, Sherburn, <laughs> and then then Pat's. I think Pat's put out something about some Pat. You know they're playing Sherburn on Friday, and Shells replied with, "Well, if, you know if you guys had been more on point with your little details, you might have nine league titles instead oh, of eight or something." Yeah, 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 to do yeah, with yeah. the Marnie Gate stuff, it was just like, "Whoa, Pat Shells!" Oh, I mean the sauce, the sauce in this derby. Yeah. But anyway, I'm not going to ask you about Love Island unless you have any strong views. Um, but Adam Murphy, I know he's someone that you've worked with Adam Murphy since he was what 11 or 12 years of age at Belgium. There. And it must be exciting to see him now playing men's football at eighteen and and that's a lovely segue, making, making a, a lovely segue. making an impact. Yeah, yeah. I I would have worked with Adam when he was down at Belvedere probably from the age of nine to maybe nine. F- yeah, oh. until maybe fourteen, nine or ten. And would have seen his his progression within the game. And what I said about Neil is absolutely true about Adam as well. He's very quick. He's very powerful. It's funny with the two of them, the major injury problems earlier in their life, like yeah, and and both hamstring problems, mm. and, and that. Probably they're getting, the per- they're getting advice from the right person, <laughs> to be fair. Yeah, Let's go Un- to Paul. Unfortunately, <laughs> so. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm but I worked with Adam oh, and... That was a bit harsh. I actually brought Paul. him on when he was retiring. I mean. Sorry, Paul. Yeah. Yeah. Paul. No, he's, 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 he's happy now. He's got lobster yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> he's in love. Peplos and lobster. Go ahead, Paul. No, he, he's, he's flying it at the moment and he just needs to stay fit and needs to rack up more games. What are his attributes? He's very quick. He's very powerful and... He is good in front of goal. When I watched Adam play, I think it was his first start against Bowes and Daly Mount, I couldn't believe that he was playing as almost like a number six in front of the back four mm. because he can do a job for you. He'll cover the ground. He's tenacious, but the, his strengths absolutely lie in running in behind defences. This is mad because the Forrester pass, which is probably for, the assist so, of the season in Cork, Adam, his finish just like, that yeah. is, so, is so natural. Like. And he pulled away. I can't remember who was who was tracking him from midfield, but he pulled away so mm. easy, mm. like running off the shoulder. And for Adam, he probably doesn't need to be overly involved in the game. He's not 
in my eyes anyway, one of That's these players, yeah. like a Chris Forrester, who's going to dictate the tempo of the game and he's going to get it and he's going to switch it. He can do elements of that, but his game should be about running off the back of defenders or running off the back of, of midfielders and find themselves in the final third. And he is superb when he gets in front of goal. That's, they'll be interested. They'll be interested in Adam. I've, uh, I've no doubt about that, yeah. whether it be in six months time or, or 12, 24 months time, he's in a great place. So you're kind of a mentor to arguably two of the top three exports on this country. The other one would be um, Curtis, who you're not involved with. No, so that, kinda, that, that was Adam's age group. And I, I would have seen Sam play an awful lot, but, I never, I never coached him. Are you saying I should probably have stakes in these players? Yeah, <laughs> and he doesn't. To be fair, gone from um, lobsters to stakes. Okay. And, that, uh, that's basically like your Instagram trend of the week. Um, but yeah, I mean, think about those those young lads this summer, like Pats, if they have a run in Europe, like what it could do. Because you can be sure clubs are having a look. Yeah, they, they'd like. To, and let's be honest, they'd like to see them in the League of Ireland, but they'd like to see them more play against a higher level of opponent and if, if Pass could do well in Europe if Rovers I think Neil even last year did himself no harm in Europe I think you know suddenly Ferruja playing against Copenhagen say if that happens remember Ferruja yeah, like sure. they're you know I think a Keith Fatty back in the day playing against Berlin you know like these are the games that can really can really elevate players you know but um, what was that uh, line the Cohen song first we brought you now we take Berlin yeah there we go um, I think we're done Dan are we I think we're done I did yeah. have one last question for Paul um, but the fixtures in the first version you didn't. I didn't do them no. so at Lone uh, Treaty Bray Kerry Cove Watford uh, Go United Longford and uh, Finn Harps v Wexford um, yeah we are wrapping up Dan is off to play a, a game of midweek Astro um, I did want to just as the as the draw came in there this was the, the last thing I want to ask you about the, the Ireland thing is it that international football is just different it's not about like any philosophy it's about Mi Michael O'Neill at Northern Ireland it's just about win games get it done forget about philosophies just look at the next game and our record is terrible under Stephen Kenny let's not let's not get away from it it is very poor if everything was right about the underage system and the structures and how we play and we had sort of a, you know an identity about it is what it is we're trying to do. A pyramid up to the top. I, I think you could say, okay, we could maybe sacrifice certain results and performances with the senior team. But I think what Stephen has tried to do, he's tried to fix that from the top down. As opposed to... As, to, as opposed from the from the bottom up. So I, I don't mind what way we play as, as long as there's kind of a clear understanding of what it is we're trying to do. Um, would I rather that we qualify for European tournaments and, and World Cups? Absolutely. Some of my memories with my family and and some of the best memories I have in football are going away to France in the Euro 2016 yeah. with 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 people who I'm very close to. Um would I like to see that more often and sacrifice a, a style of play? Yeah, potentially. Would I rather that we play well and in a you know, out of the back through midfield and, and qualify for tournaments? I would rather that way, but um I'm not sure if I've answered your question. No, you have. Johnny. No, you have. Perfect. But I, I think yeah. qualifying for major tournaments is absolutely pivotal to progress the game within the country. You've totally answered. Uh, yeah. Is that it, Dan? I think we're done. We'll be back next week. Yeah, so uh, best look to leave Ireland teams after those draws. We were in association with Future Ticketing, Rascals, Borinch Core, and of course, Colin Cuff. <laughs>